Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Bea Williams. And I'm Wendy Papazian. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. Today, we are going to talk about one of my absolute favorite topics, uh, because the truth is, is that without relationships, there is no trust. Day after day, people do not come to work just to punch a time clock, especially when you're an entrepreneurial business like we are. They come to work for a person or, of course, for a group of people. And for them to give it their absolute best, right? We want to make sure that our people give it their absolute best. And also, we get their absolute best out of them. They must have relationships with their leader. So I've made it my personal mission to have meaningful relationships with those that I lead. And honestly... As your empire grows, it becomes harder and harder. And so I would love to dive into how we can make that happen today. Uh, but we spend a, an incredible amount of time with the people we work with. So why not build <laughs> relationships with them? <laughs> why not? That was a good, a so, good book. <laughs> I just want to jump in here and share a little bit of a story because this is where I've completely failed as a leader. And it's probably where now I... The opposite of fail. What is it? Succeed? Let me think about a word. Not fail. Um, yeah, not fail. <laughs> Succeed. Because I failed so badly at this. And, you know, I basically had an 85% team turnover years back when I was, you know, in more beginning stages of forming my first real estate team. And I look back at the pattern of people who left, and it was pretty clear that it was because they didn't feel like I cared for them. They didn't mm. feel like I invested in them or cared about them. And they thought that they represented numbers to me, right? And I think that in retrospect, while in my head, I deeply cared about them, I think they were right that I was not showing that. And I wasn't really spending my time on them. So while I thought I cared, I wasn't really demonstrating it you know, to them and on my calendar and in my words and my actions. Yep. And I've seen so much growth in you, Bia, in this area, honestly. And now you. you're literally one of the most relational leaders. And it's been honestly beautiful to watch. I do want to say one thing and, and, and add sort of a little story here. I actually was speaking about her this morning. I had a manager in college. I used to work at New York and Company. And she led the way in knowing that, I, that she cared about me. But at the same time, we were not best friends. So what we're talking about today, which is a talent, by the way, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're leading, you do have to, at times, hold them accountable. And you can't always be best friends. But at the same time, your people need to know you care about them. And she did that by far. And I was able to watch her at a really young age and learn from her. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. How can you do that, right? And really, it comes down to there's about eight, eight steps we found in terms of really leading through relationships and showing the people that you care. And in turn, this is how you keep your top people as well. So we'll go ahead and jump in with number one. And number one begins with understanding your team's story, understanding your people's story. And if you're like we talked about in a previous episode, right? Like taking them through a hiring process that you're really getting to know your people in the beginning, you should have a great jumping off point of getting to know their story. But let's let's pretend maybe you didn't do that. You hired all these people, you don't know all of their stories. Today is a great time to start getting to know someone's history and background. Because until you really understand where somebody's coming from, it's really difficult to build that trust and rapport. And a great example that I can give you guys of this is on our team, Marie, who's now been with us 18 years, 
comes from a nonprofit background, actually, before coming to real estate. And so by understanding where she came from, understanding where she grew up, which was on a farm in East Texas, right, and understanding her family dynamics of what makes her tick, it allows me then when we're working with clients or working through difficult situations to understand where her trigger points are and to work through those together and see those in a long-term relationship instead of maybe looking at things as a black, white, good, bad, right, right, wrong. It's more of a dynamic that we have. Understanding that she comes first from a like a servant heart of a nonprofit world. I understand that if there's a problem, it's usually because she's trying to help something. And she's trying to move the ball forward on it from a servant heart perspective instead of trying to just do something that's right or wrong. So understanding their backgrounds, I think, helps us a lot with understanding Huge. when something goes awry, right? How we can make that right. Yep. Yeah, when I came into my new role, well, it's not new anymore. I've been here two and a half years. So yeah. it feel it still feels new. Um, I'm flying. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I came into a new organization, but I, I think that this, anyone could reboot and do this. And my first four weeks, all I did was meet with people. Yeah. And the most important people, meaning the, the most direct report to me, yeah. I spent like half days offsite with them and I hardly talked. All I did was ask questions and listen. I got there. It's like, tell me your life story. Yeah. And that's what they did. Yep. And, and I would, you know, drill down two and three deep. We did a behavioral analysis. Uh, we use assessments, you know, behavioral assessments. We did that. And, and I essentially rehired them, you know, what you might go through in a long hiring process. And that was their first interaction with me, most of them, was me listening to them, spending three to four hours, literally doing nothing else, phones down, focused on them, eyeball to eyeball. And it was such a different foundation to my relationship with my people from where, you know, where I had mm. come from before. But what I wanted to also share is that I pepper in, you know, day to day, I have some really good questions that I pepper in. Because sometimes, you know, our people come to us and they're discontented. Hold, hold on, Via. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you real quick. Sorry, because I know what you're about to say, which is awesome. But I want, I do, I think the setting of the stage of the relationship is super yes. important. Yes. And I don't, I don't want to skip over, skip over that because the most powerful question that I ask people right when I sit down is, what's, what's your story? Tell, tell mm, me the Wendy story. I love it. Tell me the Via story. Tell me the Seychelles story. And it actually came from... Go to YouTube and Google uh, Chick-fil-A. Everyone has a story. And they did a, a beautiful job of telling in a short few minutes how everyone you interact with has a story. And if you can take time to find out who they are and what their story is, honestly, that the foundation of that relationship is... It's hard to crack that. Meaning... Talk about keeping your people. When you start off with caring about who they are, having them talk for 30 minutes about what mm -hmm. makes up who they are, it makes such a difference. Such a difference. And I would just add that in the age of COVID and everyone working virtual, this is a lot harder. So we have it to work. Much harder. We have to work a lot harder at it. You know, so we have true. to be a lot more purposeful if you've got people on your team who have joined in the last year, you know, they're they're mm -hmm. not gonna feel as as connected so true. Um, as, as everybody when we yeah. were in the office and laughing and joking and bumping into each other on the way to the bathroom and things like that. So yeah. it's, it's just, it's super important, especially right now. So true. Well, and then moving on to our next thing that we need to do is we really need to learn what makes them tick, which is different than understanding their story. Understanding their story is where they came from. But really learning what makes them tick is kind of their kind of their strengths and their weaknesses. And you can do this in a number of ways. So uh, our team recently did strength finders. 
which was super powerful for yeah. our leadership mm-hmm. team. Really great. And then we committed to pulling out that strength finders in, uh, before every leadership meeting so we could get to know each other. And that's just... It's honestly, it's been probably the most powerful thing that we did this year together as a team. Yeah. Because, you know, a human bias is to think that you're awesome and everybody else is somewhat flawed. And really, you know, in order to have a great that's team, true. you got to have different... <laughs> well, it's, it's just... That is... You that's, do. Yeah. That's, that's our human bias. And, yeah. uh, and so really understanding all the pieces of the puzzle and what where your weaknesses are is really important. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we did this year was love languages. That's and, a huge um, one. And yeah. so just understanding what people's love languages are. Are they someone who likes to receive a gift? Are they someone who who really needs a lot of, you know, pepping up with language? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. do you need time together? Acts of service. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, my director of growth, her love language is, is really time. Yeah. And, you know, I told Mine her, too. I said, listen, I said, you have more time block, you have more time scheduled on my calendar than anybody else, even in my family. And for her, that was, you know, that just made Mm -hmm. her, yeah, heart 10 times, 10 times bigger. Um, And then behavioral styles, right? You know, are you kind of a high D aggressive person? And that goes back to strengths too. You know, my director of operations, her number one strength is harmony. Yeah. So... That's mm-hmm. my director of ops too. Look, oh really? Oh, same here. Oh, so it's so great. So well, it's so great <laughs> when you have a a fierce empire builder. Yeah, <laughs> you, that you need the good. harmony. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So all of that those is things. not my number one strength. FYI. Yeah. No, not mine. You. I think it's thirty six. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, mine. Yeah, mine is in the thirties. Yeah. 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 I think the the key here is to build the relationship. How also they want to build the relationship, right? That's the key part. And so, like the yeah. love languages for me when. We did that, it was like eye opening. I knew then when, like, you know, at times when I had to cancel like a one on one with someone and they acted really like upset. And then I found out their love language was quality time. And I was like, ooh, like, no wonder you were upset. I just like, you know, smacked you in the face by canceling our quality time. So, yeah. That's, you know, it's such a good realization. I, after having like a lot of fail forwards last year, I came to realize that a lot of the love languages of our team is awards and recognition. And as like a high D entrepreneur, I kind of blow through goals and like kind of give a high five and then move on. And so for us, it was like getting really intentional about hitting the milestones and recognizing them, planning monthly awards, which we had never done in our company before, and taking time to really make sure we were publicly and privately recognizing people. We'll get into that a little later. But that, that love language, I completely missed the boat on and had no idea that so many of our team members really needed that. And so slowing down to pay attention to that in the last year has been a big difference maker for us in our culture uh, to bring that back. So true. Great. Oh, well, number I, three. I <laughs> yeah, number three is connect to say on, something at this point. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, connect on social media. Connect uh, with our them on social three. media. Yep, absolutely. So w- what I do in a simple sort of hack around this is I have a list on Facebook of all of our team members. And every day I pull up the list and I like, love, comment on their social media and what, what's going on in their world, what's going on in their life. And I do my best if I see them or now in, in COVID times, I send them a personal text message to so get off social media and tie mm-hmm. in whatever they posted on social media. But just making sure that we care about their entire life, you know, which a lot of times they share that on social media. 
And there's just two two tactical ways to do that. One is, you know, Sarah, you said you created a list, but you can actually mm-hmm. create a list on Facebook for those yeah. of you that don't know. Yeah. I have lots of lists. I have yeah. my client list. I have people that live in Austin. I have, you know, kind of, I have actually have a list of funny people. And oh, that's smart. Yeah. You if can I'm go not there. On that, <laughs> oh, you are dead to me. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm sure then, I'm number one on that list. <laughs> and then... <laughs> so awkward. I don't know. I'll have to look. List. I'll have to look. Okay. Um, and then you can also you can also do your favorite people on Instagram. I don't know if you guys know oh. this, but you can have a favorite people mm-hmm. list on I did Instagram not know that. too. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, awesome. I just, showed, I just showed that to my husband this week. And you could like, show your stories week. just to your favorites if you want. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's also a good uh, a good opportunity to catch stressors. Sometimes people will post stressful things that are going on in their life that they may not be sharing with the mm. team. So it's a good way to catch some of that yes. and show care and candor before it gets it gets you know to where it's impacting them inside of the team too. Yeah. Okay. For sure. And let's just really quick talk about the vague book. You know, when they post a vague yes. quote on mm-hmm, Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook that is clearly they're upset about something or something's happened. Yeah. I always take that opportunity to like text them or call them and say, is everything okay? Are you good? Yeah. And you know, half of the time they are, it, they just like to quote or whatever. And then the other half of the time <laughs> they're like, oh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for sure. Where they're almost like looking for you to ask. Them. Yes. No, what's mm-hmm. not true. Well, it is it is no coincidence that I am going to read number four. That was intentional, <laughs> Bija. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, number four is names matter. And, and may I add pronunciation matters? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, full disclosure, my name is V-S, spelled V-I-J-A. And, you know, I am very sensitive to mispronouncing other people's names for obvious reasons. And, you know, this might sound like an odd thing to say for those of you with, you know, one person show or really small organizations, but as your organization grows and as your client base grows, by the way, you know, you run into a client in Starbucks and they're out of context, it's challenging, right? Yeah. When mm-hmm. that's, that's your whole business. So it's not just your organization, but you have to figure out how to remember names. And it's really, really hard for me. I can remember someone's face and they're, you know, that they have a Shih Tzu dog and three kids and where their kids go to school and not remember their name, you know? So I do think that social media helps with this, you know, because you're constantly, if if you have, and I like your guys' idea of a list, if you have them on Mm -hmm. social media and you're, you know, you're following them. And honestly, I I just ask, like, I even if I know them pretty well, I'll go, hey, I just want to be sure. Am I pronouncing your name right? Yep. I just so want to important. be sure. Because there's people who think they're pronouncing my name right and they'll be like, Vija. And it is mortifying. Like three months in, they're still pronouncing it wrong. And then it gets awkward for me. Yeah. It's just it's just a super awkward situation. So don't feel shy asking them. The, how to the pronounce DC their name. area is like a melting pot of people. Mm-hmm. So my team is made up of tons of different ethnicities and from all around the world and different names. And I have found that they really respect it when you ask. I do. When you first attempt. Mm -hmm. And did I say that right? You know, and Mm -hmm. and they respect that more than just continuing to fumble over their name. And and also don't forget that just because you're a Matthew doesn't mean you want to be called Matt. Or if you're a Patrick, you don't want to be called a Pat. True. Good point, Wendy. So so good. Really good And then one of, you know, as... As your business sort of grows and you have more people and more names to remember, you know, like I 
take time and memorize people's names and and make something, connect something with their name in my head, like to where when I see them, it comes up. And, you know, that's something that has meant a lot to some of my team members is like, wait, you know my name? And I'm like, of course I know your name, but it's because it matters to them. Their name matters. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so to build a relationship, you need to know their name. It's the sweetest word, someone's own name. Yep. Um, So that is pretty self-explanatory. Number five is find a common interest. And this is an interest that doesn't pertain to work, right? So going back to social media, I think social media helps because you can kind of walk in sometimes knowing already what they're going to be. But also, you know, kids are a common ground. You know, such a large mm-hmm. percentage of people have have children or, or grown adult children or kids in general. I find that's good. And my hack on this, guys, is I will keep notes on my iPhone on important people mm-hmm. in my life because I just can glance at that before I have a meeting and, and just have a cheat sheet. What do you guys do? Do you do that before every podcast? Um, yeah, I go, okay, wait, her name's Wendy. They like walks on the beach and pina coladas. Just curious. <laughs> you know, I think too, the other part that you can do as a leader is be a connector of common interests. So if you're in you tune are so with good that, at um, so I, I love to be able to, like, if I know, like, Jamie on our team is a massive, you know, master gardener and somebody else is really working on healthy eating, right? Like, you can connect the two together and be a connector. And some of those things too, and really taking that those relationships on your team to a deeper level, not just you know being the one that holds the keys to the kingdom, but but connecting those and creating community inside of your organization, I think is a really powerful thing that you can do too. Number six is something I love, which is to catch them doing something right. Yes. Um, and I think this is especially important to catch someone doing something right when they don't know anyone is watching. And so a couple of things that we've done in our organization is like when anyone in the leadership team sees somebody doing something special or unique or going out of their way, we've done some systems publicly that are great. Like we have a Lifesaver Award every month we give out and a couple of things that we give public recognition on. What's the Lifesaver Award? The Lifesaver Award is the... that We have two awards actually. One is the Lifesaver Award and that is where the team votes on a person that has gone above and beyond to help other team members during the month. And then we actually have the Terry Bradshaw Award, which is accidental because someone on my team thought that they, instead of calling me Carrie Bradshaw, called me Terry Bradshaw. So I get to give that award out. And the Terry Bradshaw <laughs> Award, I just embraced it. I was like, yeah, I'm Terry Bradshaw. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I knew you reminded me of someone. <laughs> so the Terry Bradshaw Award is mine now. And I get to give out the Terry Bradshaw Award. And that is for someone who maybe has gone unnoticed, right? And has really gone above and beyond. And a great example of that is like our financial manager um, this last month, right? It was when we were doing everything, had to get out all the 1099s and the payroll and all of her software system crashed in the middle of it. And she had to completely rebuild everything without telling anyone. But no one knew that it had happened. Right? No one knew that she did that. No one knew that she was going through all of that chaos. They didn't notice their payroll affected or anything. And she saved the day in making sure it all happened for them without making a peep, right? That's a great Terry Bradshaw moment. I think the other part on this though too is with everyone on our team, we keep a list of favorite things and we actually have them fill out a survey. And it's, you know, favorite restaurant, favorite candy, favorite everything, right? 
And so when yep. they're doing something that is remarkable or neat, it's great to know that you know our director of operations loves um, Dolly Parton, right? And she did something remarkable last month. And so I sent her this adorable Dolly Parton coffee mug, right? Because that's totally her love language. But so having that list of favorite things is a great cheat sheet to be able to do that too. It's maybe this is a little bit of a non sequitur, and I, I don't want to interrupt you, Seychelle. Uh, yeah, but but I think that maybe that there are some people who are feeling like this is a soft skill, and this is not how I drive my business, and this isn't important. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a reminder for us that soft skills in leadership are actually the most important skills. Yeah. And if you aren't thinking about this and taking the time for it, like if your day, is so full where all you're doing is doing and you're not Mm -hmm. doing any thinking. There's no white space. There's no time to interact with anyone. All you're doing is doing. You're going to continue to be in a pattern of where people come and go, people come Mm -hmm. and go, people come and go. And I see that, you know, I see, I've seen that in other real estate teams in my office where the rainmaker, the leader is also, is the driver and the worker right? And never ever Mm -hmm. taking the time to lead. And in this pattern of where people just continue to leave, to leave, to leave. And I'm actually just having a big aha here because some of you guys don't know, but the um, Keller Williams has a new holding company. It's called KWX. And uh, Carl Liebert is the new head of the holding company. And I don't, I don't know him, but Jay, my husband has had several copies with him and has shared with me some of his leadership things that he's done. And he used to have like thousands of people over to his house, not all at once, but like he would have people over to his house every single Wednesday. Mm. And here's someone who was the head of Home Depot, right? Here's someone who would spend, who would visit hundreds and hundreds of stores every week. And so I'm actually having an aha while I'm listening to this. And this is actually what he's doing is is he's developing relationships with people. And he's so invested in his people that he's had 15 leaders that have been underneath him go on to become the head of Fortune 500 companies. So, so the key wow. there that what Super I'm hearing, powerful. Wendy, that, that is, um, that's remarkable. Yeah. And the key that I'm hearing there is he, he made time, he time blocked it. Yeah. Yes. So that, yeah. It, it needs to be on your schedule, on right? Your so schedule. that was his Wednesday, right? That was on his schedule. You know, uh, there was sort of a phase in our company where like people were talking about like, if someone comes into your office, you turn the time thing. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. that? Okay. Yep. That was... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm not going to say who it was. Don't do that. Okay. Very okay. Don't, don't yeah. do that. Okay. But you can do this and control your time though. You can be a relational leader and control your time. And the key is having time on your schedule that is relationship building, right? Mm-hmm. I have open space that is my relationship time where I make sure mm-hmm. I get up right and go walk around and talk to people. And it's in my calendar. So making sure that it's in your calendar. And I know we're sort of getting off topic, but I love that. That gave me chills, Wendy. But also for, in terms of catching them right, one of the things that's really important is... Well, I follow a three to one ratio. Three, catching them right, not doing something amazing. To the one, hey... I would like Mm -hmm. to see you improve in this area, right? So like systematizing shout outs, Mm -hmm. thinking of good news. What are the good things my people have done that day? Making it public, as public as you can Mm go, uh, really makes a difference. But catching them doing something right is just huge. So Sarah, is that like a loose? I mean, do you actually keep track of that? Or is that kind of loosely in your head what, what you try to aim for? A little bit of both. It's something I've been at it now for about seven to eight years. So it has become natural, but it didn't start off that way. So what I noticed 
I don't know about you guys, but like if you ever have gotten surveyed after you speak and like there's like a hundred good ones and then there's like two bad. And what do you think about? The bad. Oh, the, the bad. bad. For mm-hmm. sure. I mean, that's yeah. all humans, right? And so we focus so much on the bad. And so it's so important that we take time to focus on the good. And so you got to be intentional about that. So, and which leads that. us to number seven, which is to be part of their life journey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm passionate about this one, man, because so many times, you know, when you're working with someone, you, you're doing life with them. Yeah. Right? They, they go through hard times. You spend more time with them you do. sometimes than you yeah. do your spouse. Exactly. Yeah. So be, go on the journey with them. I just got an aha on this one because earlier this week, one of my top, we call them team leaders, branch managers, his wife went into surgery and I didn't even think twice. And I've never met his wife. We, you know, because of COVID, we haven't had spousal opportunities like normal. And I didn't think twice. And I actually personally ordered the flowers myself and I just sent them to his wife. And I said, you know, we haven't met, but we adore your husband. And we just really hope you have a great recovery. Love Via Williams and then my CEO's name and texted him that he sent flowers. And my team leader has thanked me three times. He said his wife was blown away and it didn't even occur to me. It didn't, you know, I was just, it was just a knee jerk instinctual reaction. Like she needs flowers. I bet you she hasn't told a lot of her colleagues and she just needs flowers. I've never met her, but, and and I when you say part of their life journey, I just got this aha that when you're so in tune to your people, you just do it naturally. Like, it, you know, it didn't even, it wasn't a purposeful, honestly, I'd like to tell you it was, but it wasn't really a purposeful action, you know? Anyway. Well, but you know what was top of mind though is your people and caring about them. And, mm-hmm. you know, three of the four of us on this podcast come from multi-generational family businesses. So true. And uh, and yep. something that I was thinking about when we were writing this episode was family is family, whether you're in great times or in tough times. And to me, what that shows via is... Well, really, actually four of us, Wendy, because you and Jay are married in business together too. So really, it's four out of four of us are all in family businesses. But three of us have like... We're second or third generation. And you know, when you have family and you're in business and you go through challenges, you're still family at the end of the day with business. And when you go through positive times, you're still family at the end of the day in business. And so to me, what that is kind of a display of is almost this familial love of your people you know, and they're kind of family in addition to that. And I think that that's an incredible gift yep. that you can give as a leader by yeah. by not just looking at somebody as one dimensional, but instead holistically. I think that's awesome. I, I know we need to get going, but I feel led to share this story. But we had a dear team member who had been on the team for about four years and really one of our, one of our rock star team members. And it was doing a phenomenal job. And he came and uh, sat down with me and he said, I'm going to have to part ways with the team. And I was like, and it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, why is that? And uh, he said, I hate to tell you this. And his eyes started filling up. He said, I've got to go put myself into rehab. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. And I looked at him and I said, you don't have to give your notice. I want you to go put yourself in rehab. You're doing the right thing. And I want you to come back healthy. And he did. And his wife sent me a letter and said, you saved his life because you saw him and we will forever be loyal to the Reynolds team because it's not just about the work. Mm-hmm. It's about the person. That's and right. I think that is what we're saying. When we're saying going through life at times... Now, of course, if he had just started... <laughs> let me put that... Cap, like, he'd, earn, he'd earn the right to have the conversation. He'd earn the right. 
Peter okay, and the so red. that's a yeah. big key too. I mean, obviously, but go through life and bad things can happen to people, obviously, that just start as well. But go through life like with them and, and work through it with them and that you will get so much out of that relationship as you go as mm-hmm. well. I love, I love that so much, Sarah. And I honestly, I, I do learn so much from you watching you interact with your people. I mean, you you have such a great love and caring for your people. It, it's it's I I learn from you every day. So thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, you guys, too. you guys can't see us, but we were all we are all like <laughs> our tears were like <laughs> that story. It's, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then we've got number eight, which is to really invest in your people, right? And again, this is something that people people earn the right. Too right, mm-hmm. um, but we we've done several things on our team where we help people build their wealth. We have a hot millionaire club, and uh, we're really invested in helping people build wealth. Right, whether it's through the stock market, uh, whether it's through real estate investing, whatever that looks like. And so, you know, constantly having conversations around wealth because I, I do I do really care. I want people to. To look back and think, gosh, you know that person made a real impact in my life. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and and um, I get messages like that. You know, I, I got one just You're the other day from my this. very first so cool. buyer agent. You know, from ten years ago, and you know, we're not in business anymore, but I want to have that impact um, wherever that looks. I love that about you, Wendy, and. You know, in addition to the tangible, right? That's like a tangible... I mean, they can look back and see that their bank account, right? Or their net worth grew directly because of your relationship with them. I think it's also an opportunity for us to grow the soft skill too. And asking them, where do you want to go? Right? We've had like our director of ops seven years ago came in and tried to give her notice because her husband was getting relocated out of state. And instead of accepting her notice, we shredded it up and rewrote her job description so she could work remotely. I love that. You know, and you know, I basically said, no, you're no. <laughs> you're not allowed. <laughs> no, I'm no. seeing a theme here. Yeah, I did yeah, that I, to my, to my yeah, dog. Yeah, I think all of I'm us like, are nope, sitting here. I don't accept. Like, yeah, <laughs> I reject your pink slip and uh, I will see you a new job description. So, um, you know, it's like, but I think about that on like, what is what are our team members' growth plans, right? Where can we help somebody grow? Whether it's learning how to be a better leader, whether it's like, you know, I, I think about our team member this family that's 18 years. She's gone from part-time virtual assistant to running our admin team to being our first buyer's agent, first listing agent. Now she's almost a full-time real estate coach, right? And can live anywhere in the world. Like, How can you grow and develop with your people in their bank account? Yes. And also in their soft skills to where they're developing additional skill sets and opportunities and connections because you're helping them and in tune with where they want to go and getting them there. Yep. Yep. And this is really important, especially when they've got some kind of like life thing going on. So maybe you've got someone who's about to have a baby or someone who who their kids are graduating or uh, maybe they Mm -hmm. just got married, right? So it's just a good, you know, every time there's a life change, just think about, hey, having a conversation with them. Like, hey, where do you, where do you see yourself in, in three to five years? And Mm -hmm. is the path that you're on right now, the one that's going to get you there? Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, I've been finding a good place to weave in my questions that yeah, I sorry to that share I... in the beginning. So I'm going to use this opportunity to do that. But this is, you know, how you can really invest in their lives is through all of the steps that we talked about is you can ask some questions, right? And one of my favorite questions, I was I was in a car with my now my boss, essentially my business partner, my CEO. But back then, he just owned the office I was in. I was a real estate agent and he was the owner. And we were uh, coming back from a meeting together. 
and I had been pouring in, you know, some value. I mean, I was introducing him to people and and such. And um, and I remember we pulled in, and he was going to drop me off. And he goes, "Wait," and he goes, "What do you want? What do, What do you want?" I go, "What do you mean?" He's like, "What? I want to know what you want." I love that. And we ended up having like a fifteen minute talk about my future and my career, you know. And no one had really asked me that direct of a question. So it's a question I ask people now. I go, "What do you want?" And they say, what do you mean? And I said, I just want to know, what do you want? What do you want in life? What do you want in this career? You know, what helped me, you know, in your deepest, wildest dreams, what would the next three to five years look like? Because at the end of the day, your people are here with you because they think they're going to hit their own life goals through you as a vehicle. Yeah. You know, and so all of this is really enhancing that, right? And making that relationship so that you're winning and they're winning. I mean, that's yep. really what this is all about, right? That yeah. is awesome. Beautiful. Beautifully Love said. Love it. Well, guys, this is honestly, I'm so passionate about this topic. And so I apologize that I interrupted so many times on this episode. <laughs> it was good. It was good to so, like, I just, no, I I just love this. But the key things, I'm just going to run through them as we end this episode out. Uh, know their story. So, what is your story? Know their story. Learn what makes them tick. Learn all about, all about them. Connect on social media. Follow them. Create that list that uh, Wendy talked about or favorites. I just learned on Instagram. Names matter as Vija. No, it's Via, uh, as uh, Via said uh, so beautifully. Oh uh, find something in, something in common. Everyone has one thing in common with someone else. So find it, right? And connect with them on that. Catch them doing something right. Um, I love the awards that Say mentioned. Be part of their life journey. We're doing life together as we're working together. So be part of that with them. And then of course, what Wendy honestly is the leader, I view her as the top leader in honestly our industry and investing in her people. And as she said uh, so beautifully as well. So make sure that you are out there uh, building the relationship. You know, one of my uh, favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou. And she says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people for, will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And on the Empire Building podcast, we're about building big businesses, but we're about building big lives. Mm -hmm. And it's not just your life. It's your people's life. So help them build a big life. And you do that by being in relationship with them. So get out there and go care for your people. Bye, guys. Mm, I love it. Love that. Love it. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.